Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with my partners in crime. We've got Steven Nover back in the seat this week, back from his vacation, all recharged and ready for the football season. And our main man, right off the Las Vegas Strip, Vegas runner. Guys, how you doing this week? Hey, Marco. VR, how are you? Uh, never better. Things are good. Yeah, we missed you, Stephen. You know, you got to, you know, we had to hold up the show while you were gone. Yeah, so, you, you know, yeah, we're going to put Steven the pressure on you this week to carry your load now. Well, I'm sure you and VR were fine without me. <laughs> he looks relaxed. Look at him. Color. Steve looks good. He, he's ready to go, man. Well, he's been off for what, like a month, you know? <laughs> he comes yeah. back. He, you know, I run into him. You know, we go over to the M. You know, he's sitting there getting bad beated and you know at the yeah. poker already? table yeah. yeah already a few more of those bad beats like uh like on the poker table and like having the Mets last night when K-Rod blows a seven to five ninth inning lead uh I'll, I'll be back to par very soon well okay stressed out and mad and angry and, uh, Dude, well, I've been doing bad you I the, yesterday was the first day I won in August believe it or not I had a lose in July Marco that all-star break really hurt me the momentum I mean I was feeling it go and that just really uh, just did something with my rhythm my balance um and yesterday was the first winning day but believe it or not today I felt good for the first time I really felt good not because just because I won yesterday Mm -hmm. but like I told you been looking through pictures for the the pros and uh just saw back years and all you know and then go into the forum and all these guys are so supportive and I've been talking back and forth on Twitter with BK and uh, that kid, no wonder he's an attorney. He's as sharp as they come. And that dude's just nothing but support, you know. So I'm ready to go now. Good ready stuff. Go. I mean, you were right on the money yesterday. And, uh, hey, maybe it was one of those days. I had a, I had a good day, too. I mean, last week I, I struggled at the end of the week last week in the baseball, too. You swept but, uh, yesterday, right? Swept yesterday. Nice 3-0 day. A big dog. And all three games were blowouts. So feeling good moving into today. And, Hey, it's football starting this week, guys. You know, that's, you know, we had to, you know, dust the cobwebs off Steve and, you know, football's on uh, Sunday Hall of Fame game. And we're going to be talking about preseason football in a moment and, you know, how you handicap preseason, uh, different angles and things that you might look at. Uh, before we get into it, you know, situation, I mean, this guy, you know, he stays in, you know, the media, the limelight right now. And the talk is, you know, Michael Vick, you know. When's he going to be reinstated? Who's going to sign him? Uh, you know, Stephen, you're more of our beat guy and down in the trenches. Uh, tell us your take. What do you think's going to, you know, what's going to unfold with Michael Vick? Well, he's suspended for the first six games of the season, and that actually could work in his favor because uh, a team now can sign him, but he couldn't 
play with them right away, but he can assimilate into their system, learn their system. They could get all the, the bad negativity with the, the fans and, and the media coming down on them for signing him. But by the time he'd be ready, uh, you know, six weeks into the season, that would kind of die down at least after, after his first game. And so that might work to his advantage. He's too much of a talent. He's still in, in the prime of his uh, football career not to be signed. Uh, there's there's uh, too many bad backup quarterbacks out there. You know starters are going to go down. Teams are going to get desperate. And, yes, I fully expect uh, Michael Vick to, to, to play in the NFL this, this year. What do you think, Theo? I agree, too. Bodog even has odds on which team's going to sign him. We were just looking at him with Steven, actually. And uh, I think that the, the reason he hasn't gotten signed is the opening of camp right now. I mean, coaches are right now evaluating the talent they have on the field. So their mind isn't on, we got to look elsewhere. Right now, they're focusing on getting the team ready that they have in front of them. I believe if something happens, like Steven said, someone goes down, someone gets hurt in, in preseason, you know, then they'll go to him immediately. If not, I think after teams get into the swing of things, play a couple weeks of preseason, two weeks at least, then I think they might start looking at we could use him in our offense, in the playbook, when teams start developing and and really putting their playbooks together. Are we going to use a Wildcat? Do we need someone like him as a backup? I believe he's going to play this year as well. Situation that I see, and, and while I'm doing if you could look it up, VR, the three favorites that Bodog has for, for signing Michael Vick, Two scenarios are going to unfold for Michael Vick. Obviously, like you said, an injury is going to trump everything. If somebody suffers a major injury in preseason, they're going to immediately hit the panic button. And I think Michael Vick's going to be at the top of the list of people that are going to get signed. Next to our other guy, they'll be calling Brett Favre, trying to <laughs> woo him out of retirement as well. Uh, not to interrupt you, any other NFL team, the field is 2-1. to one. Um, because it lists a few teams like New England, Baltimore, Oakland. Of the NFL teams listed, the uh, favorite is 5-1 to one Baltimore Ravens. Probably to have a veteran behind the youngster and, and someone totally different, Falco being that prototypical pocket passer and him being the total opposite. So I could see that coming in and just throwing a wrinkle into that offense, them being the favorite. Believe it or not, the Orlando Tuskers of the UFL <laughs> is the odds-on favorite at 4-1. to one. To get so, Michael Vick. Wow. Yeah. Um, an interesting possibility that was kicked around uh, the media yesterday with a Michael Vick signing. And if you stop and think about it, it does kind of make a little bit of sense. Um, he's going to go to a team that, barring the injury that pushes the panic button, in Baltimore is a perfect fit. If you know Flacco doesn't get the job done, I mean, all expectations, you know, last year, I mean, things got to be high in Baltimore because of what Flacco did last year. Nobody expected the kid to do what he did, and he, you know, he surpassed everybody's expectations. And I'll have more to say about Baltimore in our third segment today, but. If he falters, they don't have anybody behind him. So that would make a natural fit. But here's one that really shocked me when I, when I heard them talking yesterday. And the more I thought about it, it does make sense. The Pittsburgh Steelers into the mix. And really, you've got your veteran quarterback that's your superstar, your franchise player, and Ben Roethlisberger. But really, after Ben, you don't have anybody. 
Uh, Charlie Batch is there, you know, coming off the injury last year. They, you know, they were so desperate last year for a backup when Charlie Batch got hurt that they ended up signing Leftwich that, I mean, he's got nothing left in the tank. Uh, it's a situation that Pittsburgh, in the past, go, if you look back at all of the, you know, offensive coordinators that they've had come through Pittsburgh over the years, they've always used gimmick plays at the quarterback position at some times. You know, we remember when they had Cordell Stewart and everything else. And Michael Vick would be a good backup in, like you said, a wildcat offense, you know, a couple plays a game would be a good situation. I think Vick is more apt to be signed by a team that's got an established starter and wants a quality backup that's going to take away the 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 bad press that they're going to have because he's not going to be in the limelight. You're talking, Marco, and you know this as well as anybody, about the Super Bowl champions. Now, why would you throw that kind of uh, mix in, into their chemistry? Uh, they don't like it that, that Roethlisberger created kind of a, a disturbance uh, with the alleged you know rape charges against him. Why would you get into all that publicity and all the baggage that, that Vic would bring, especially going to a cold-weather grass team? So I don't think that would be such a good fit. They, uh, they can still run gimmick plays as long as they have the versatile Heinz Ward. They do, but, you know, Hines is getting up there, too. You don't want to be running too many uh, gimmick plays with Hines anymore. And they don't even need to run gimmick plays. They're so good, Pittsburgh. That, uh... they, that is true. But let's, let's play devil's advocate for a minute. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the alleged allegations with Ben Roethlisberger. If something does happen... And the commissioner is shocked if anything it's happens civil. during it's the season. It's civil because yeah. all the criminal has been, uh, they yeah, dropped everything. Gonna, if anything, it's just during, civil yeah, now. Nothing's going to happen during the season, so we can assume that. We can assume that, but it's out there if it did, and in, in, in the commissioner would have to do something for, you know, a, a couple games suspension. You know, it's an insurance policy. But it, it was, you know, it's water cooler talk. Everybody's, you know, trying to look at I agree Baltimore makes the most sense. But the, the Pittsburgh angle, don't rule it out. One thing to consider, yes, I agree with you with chemistry and the organization, but the one thing, an organization that has class and has solid ownership is the type of team that could take a, take a PR hit and not get criticized for it. If, you, if he goes to, a, let's say, like the worst PR team in the NFL, the Oakland Raiders, the media would just be all over that. Well, that's just a natural fit. Send him to the band of misfits out in Oakland, and, and they would roll with it. I think they would respect the situation. Tomlin is a player's coach. He is a you know a mentor. Don't it's not as far fetched as it sounds. Just leaving it out there. Preseason football. Let's swing into that. A lot of people don't like to bet preseason football. I love it. You know, we got to remember what it is. It is an exhibition game. The games mean absolutely nothing. But I'm going to take both of you guys' takes on preseason football. What you look at, if you bet it at all, um, I spot bet in preseason football. There are situations that dictate it. I'll go last. I'll let you guys have the floor. Uh, Steven, you're our nuts and bolts guy. You know, what do you look at when you, do, when you break down a preseason game? Well, preseason is the, like a golden opportunity. It's the only time all year where the coaches will be somewhat candid and give you their intentions during midweek, who they're going to play, the quarterback rotation, how seriously they're taking the game. If you do 
your your homework, your due diligence, you can usually find that type of information, which obviously is huge and doesn't come out during the regular season. It leaves the bookmakers in a sitting duck position. So you can really take advantage of that, although you have to move fast because they're going to move the, the line on air so fast when, when that information comes out. Having said that, though, you're in a situation, a unique situation, where unlike the regular season, you may not be on the same level with the coach. You want to win the game, win your bet. The coach may not want to win the game or, or take it that serious. So that is a very unique situation. So I, I'm like you, Mark, and I know you'll elaborate uh, when, VNR, when VR and I get done with our takes uh, I spot play too preseason. I usually will play on on a new coach with a bad team, looking to try to establish some momentum, looking to try to win the fans back. Those are the kind of spots I look for. Uh, I study the the quarterback rotations pretty hard. Um, this is where my knowledge of fantasy football can come in because I know, uh, at least I like to think I know, the value of the backup quarterbacks, if they're any good or not, if they can score off second-team defenses and things like that. So there are good spots during preseason, but don't go overboard. I like to probably kind of tread carefully here, but there are some good spots that if you keep your eyes open. I enjoy preseason. I really do. Every year I look forward to it. And last year was my first at pregame. And I had an extremely um, profitable preseason. And uh, uh, the way I approach preseason football, and I believe that it is a golden opportunity to find positions that are profitable. Uh, But the difference is I approach it without power ratings. Unlike the regular season where I'm able to create a line, I don't do so with the preseason because, as Steve said, you don't know if they're out there to win the game. And um, you have to approach it as if they're not there to win the game because let's tell it like it is. If their main concern was winning the game, the starters would come in the second half, not start the game. They'd be ending the game trying to win it. So, um uh, the difference with preseason is what you guys touched on already is the situations. And I, that's what I focus in on. I have a lot of them that I um, look for. And I think a big advantage I have is being in Vegas, being on the strip and a lot of information filters into the sports books right away. Um, and you're not afraid to get down even after a one point move. And eventually it gets to a grows to a three, three and a half, four point move. I've seen six point moves in preseason. But being on on the floor down in the sports book, I'm able to get that information and, and maybe only lose a point of value, a point and a half. And that's nothing in, in preseason when you have a coach's intentions or or some kind of information on, on the lineup. So I think it's a golden opportunity. But again, you can't go overboard. But I you I approach it like it's or the regular season, I bet it the same. A two-unit play is a two-unit play. A play is a play is a play. Whether it's WNBA, preseason, football, UFC, it's irrelevant. Um, that's how I approach I'm a professional sports better. So it's just another sport for me to handicap. What I do in preseason football, and I'll generally end up having probably between for the entire preseason, maybe 8, 10, 12 plays at most over the, the four-week period. And what I look at, you said one of them, Stephen, and, and, and it's an excellent point. People don't put enough emphasis on it. New coaches have different agendas. You sure. Know? They want to get the media behind them. Some coaches, you know, if you have an established coach coming in, he may not care. He wants to look at personnel, you know, and, and he's going to do what he needs to do to get ready for the season. 
but generally younger guys, if it's their first coaching job, they want to get off to a good, you know, instill a winning attitude. Also, you may have carryover situations where a coach was on the hot seat almost all last year, you know, and there was speculation whether or not he was going to get fired or not. Those guys tend to have a little bit more of a tendency to come out in the preseason and start on a good note. Um, when I said about established coaches that have already been in the league, these guys don't. Um, you know, they're with a team for, I can think back, one of the greatest coaches that we had in football, never won the Super Bowl, but was one of our better coaches, Marv Levy. This guy absolutely did not care one iota about a preseason game. And, there, there were, and he made no bones about it. But you know those kind of things going in. The other things that I like to look at is, we said, their agendas. The agendas are more important than anything else. They will give you the quarterback rotations. They'll talk about that. But if one week the coach was really dissatisfied with the running game, the block, maybe they put in a new blocking scheme this year, and, you know, or they had a couple new offensive linemen, and they just had a horrible game on, on the run situation the first week. They may come in that next week, and that might be three-quarters of their entire focus is getting the running game on track. And when you know those kind of things, not only does it help you in the point spread winner, but it helps you even more on totals. If you know that the coach is going to focus on one area of the offense that week, and these are things that I look at. And the last thing that I'll say that, that you'll end up having situational plays when you get to the final week. You know, it's dress rehearsal week. Um, sometimes they're going to put people in for just a series cameo appearance, or you got a team that's pretty deep. And this is where I think, Stephen, you have a big knowledge with your fantasy players. Sometimes the toughest cuts in football are those last two or three players when you got four or five good you know you know maybe you got to thin out you're strong at the linebacker position and you're trying to figure out what you want you want to do looking at the the positional players if you know the coach is going to be focusing on the offense or the defense that week that's where the toughest cuts are coming from and the last thing is most coaches do not game plan in preseason football they just go with what they're doing but every once in a while you will come across where a coach will say in a press conference, we're actually game planning this week like it's a regular season game. That's that's huge in preseason. That, that is huge, and that does happen. Some coaches, uh, they usually will game plan at least for a half during one of the games. They usually target the second-to-last preseason game where they really game plan. Something also to keep in mind um, is you touched on it, Marco, about the – position battles and let's say you have teams that have a very competitive situation to see who the backup quarterback is both teams have pretty decent second and third string quarterbacks and when I say decent let me preface that by saying decent in preseason going against second and third string defenses now let's say that situation is going against a team who has an established veteran quarterback uh Let's throw out Seattle, for instance, Matt Hasselback. Let's say Seattle announces, well, Hasselback's going to go the first half. We really want to see him. The other team with the decent second and third string quarterbacks say, well, our starting quarterback's just going to go the first series. Now, is your first look towards the veteran Hasselback saying, oh, well, this is a big edge. I'm going I'm to go with this team because that team's probably going to be favored. I would think to go the other way. 
because you're going to have a situation, just using Hasselback as a hypothetical example, what is a veteran quarterback going to do in his, his first preseason or second preseason game? He's going to mail it in. He's yeah. not going to take chances. He's going to be very conservative. Where meanwhile, you got hungry second and third string quarterback. These guys are going to play hard. They're going to lay everything out on the line. Their football career is, is on the line. So they might actually be the better bet. So these are things you really have to handicap when you, when you go into preseason. You just brought up a, one other point where you said about the competitiveness for a backup quarterback position. And what they generally do is if there's two guys that are running neck and neck, they will flip-flop the following week which rotation they put them in. So if the previous week the one guy had a very, very good game and they're flip-flopping and putting the, the other guy to, with the first unit first, you now got the better quarterback maybe playing in the second half where he's going to be going against a second and third squad defense. Yep. And he can, and that's where you look at totals, where you can get those, you know, the first half of the game is a, a 3-3 or 7-3 game, and all of a sudden there's there's four touchdowns scored in the, the second half because of the disparity between the second units. Early on, I like to look for unders. The first week, I definitely try to th- – locate them games that are going to go under because these teams have not been practicing long defense is well ahead of offense so you can't be afraid with them totals that are 31 33s and think you know that's a low scoring game because both these teams are not going to crack 17 points it's very hard to sustain drives um, when you haven't practiced that long on offense and the other thing I wanted to touch about on that you guys mentioned but we didn't really emphasize it is Bad teams last year. I mean, I already pulled up last season's schedule, and I already circled these teams. Kansas City, Detroit, I mean, teams like that, St. Louis Rams. You got to look at these teams early on in the preseason because these are teams that won zero to two games last year. So if anyone has any motivation to come out and play in the preseason, it's one of them three teams. I mean, for them to go... 0-4 0-4 in the preseason after going 2-14 and in this economy, it's very bad for your team. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them teams, I think even more so, to win. Them coaches have that pressure to win. Where a team like Dallas, where's the pressure to win in preseason? You're already sold out all of your home games. You know, you're certainly right uh, You know about Detroit. They'll probably close seven-point favorites <laughs> in their first preseason yeah, game. Yeah. Everybody will be on them. Yeah. Sure, and, 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 and they, they'll still go out there and cover. You know, One thing uh, I want to follow up on, on, on totals with, with the preseason. Normally, you're, you're right, VR. The defenses are way ahead of the offenses. And in the, the first week, you know, very low scoring. But that's why you're seeing very, very low totals. However, this year may be different you know we know the nfl is a copycat league the pittsburgh steelers super bowl champions what kind of defense are they known for three four Mm -hmm. so this year you're having a whole mess of teams seven or eight teams switching to a three four there's going to be an adjustment period perhaps offenses can take advantage of this adjustment period during preseason i think you have with that you need at least a wait and see approach first before you know you start jumping on overs I, i do bet overs in preseason i'm just saying early on the first week I like to pinpoint them two games, three games, that you know there's only going to be 13 total points scored. That was an absolutely great point, Stephen. And what I was going to add in closing was sometimes as important as a head coaching change, 
an offensive or defensive coordinator change can be just as important in in preseason because obviously when you hire a new guy he's not he's going to make changes in most instances and the teams are going to have to adjust to the changes in those first week or two of the games they are going to be focusing on the new schemes and one thing i can tell you you know with the you know the pittsburgh steelers and you know in their defensive scheme it is a new scheme to to learn and you got to know your positions in 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 your route changes and you you make an error and generally what ends up happening you can have an easy seven if a guy blows an assignment somebody's running yep. down the field wide open and you better have good linebackers and a lot of these teams how, how, how much depth can they have do they have three four good linebackers Absolutely. So that's a great point. Hey, we went a little long on this first segment, but all great stuff. I mean, this is information you guys can use all preseason. It's it's the things that we look at um, as pros here. And, and again, this is what pregame's all about. I mean, not all. I mean, we sell picks. I mean, let's not kid anybody. That's you know what pays the bills at the site. But we educate you guys, and in no other site on the internet has anything like we do as far as educating the listeners uh, with stuff like we do here on the podcast. So great stuff, Stephen, VR. That was the first segment. Uh, This is the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. We will be right back with segment two, and we'll take a look at some baseball for you guys. Be back in one moment. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo along with Vegas Runner and Steven Nover. This is segment two. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball. Last Friday was the baseball trading deadline, and I think without question, uh, we were just talking off air. Uh, we'll get you guys quick opinion. Absolutely the winner in the trade uh, deadline, bettering themselves, Philadelphia Phillies. VR's uh, former hometown. What do you guys think? American League Cy Young winner last year, and now you got him in the National League? He mowed him down in the AL. I I mean, for Cleveland. Like I said, this guy was a minus 160, 170 on the road pitching for Cleveland. Now he has the Phillies. He's got offense behind him. You know, he's got a lot. Defending champs. He must be on cloud nine right now, knowing he went from absolutely having no chance to being with the World Series defending champs, like you just said. Last to first in, yeah, in well, one plane trip. Same situation <laughs> with Victor Martinez. He goes to the Red Sox, you know. Those were the significant moves. Uh, I think the Phillies now have overtaken the Dodgers as the team to beat in the National League, and, and the Red Sox uh, certainly have strengthened themselves. They're going to be very tough in the American League. Yeah, they pulled off a gem. Everybody said, holiday, I mean, holiday, holiday, holiday. And what did they, Holiday, 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 I mean, what did they do? They swing in there and grabbed You're surprised that, that Holiday stayed put. I mean, that's all we, we listened to. No, because to. they wanted so much. No. I mean, they made it known that you really have to wow us. You know, I mean, teams were sending eight-player deals and saying pick any five, and they weren't even interested in it. So, I mean, they wanted to, they didn't want prospects. They wanted to give him away for pretty much at least two, three players that are ready today to help the team. And I don't think too many 
teams had that to give. I thought the Red Sox did because of their organization. But let's tell it like it is in Major League Baseball today. How many of these organizations are deep in their AAA ball clubs? Look when they get hurt. Even teams, a big city team like the Mets, they get hurt. They have absolutely no one to bring up. Yeah. The flip side is is to fade some of these teams that have even gotten worse. Uh a poster child, your Pittsburgh Pirates, Marco. Wow. Uh, I, I like their outfield. I think they got some young talent in their outfield, but oh my God, that infield. No power at the corners, and the worst middle infield in baseball since they got rid of Wilson and Sanchez. You've got Ramon Vasquez at second base and Ronnie Cedeno at shortstop. It's tough to be a fan. How can you have that city to be a, a fan? That's double A. To be a fan for that team, it's got to be tough for that city, man. I, I did a uh, radio show on Monday night, and we talked about the Pittsburgh situation and and the numbers were released from Major League Baseball at you know the the profit sharing and the TV the money that the you know the Pirates actually got it it is it's sick the amount of money that the Pirates are taking in right now and they're you know they can't keep playing saying we're a small market team and we have no money Dude, they're giving away making- future stars some of these guys are becoming <laughs> boston with bay they're thanking pittsburgh you they know, have when he money. went over the last year organization is making money and, and they can't use that excuse anymore yeah, they're like the the the, the stable they keep grabbing great fo- they got great they're AAA. A minor league team. they are a minor league team of good talent good Good minor league talent. It's a shame. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm ashamed to, to be a Pirate It's tough. Fan. It's got to be tough, man. But, uh, you know, baseball, what do you guys think? Um, you know, Texas won't go away. They're, you know, they're, but they they're gain, play- gain, gain no ground. They go 7-3. and three. Angels go 8-2 and two and they lose a game. You know, so it's going to be tough for them, um, especially if, if Boston and the Yankees play well down the stretch, which they obviously should. Yeah, it's going to be tough for that team, and that's a shame. This is, this is the longest they've been playing this well, I believe. They've played well, and they're and again, they're you know they they have still been doing it with pitching. They're not overpowering with the hitting, which is what everybody expected Texas to have this year, and then the pitching would fade as usual. But speaking of hitting, the Angels they are absolutely knocking the cover Killing off the, the ball. off the baseball. They went into Minnesota last week, and unfortunately, I I was involved in the game on Sunday. I had Minnesota. I they was on out- Friday and Saturday, so don't feel too bad. They outscored the Twins in that three-game series, thirty-five to fifteen. And they hate. Sorry, and they hate that surface. They're so unsuccessful on that surface. Not just this year, for years, they only win about thirty percent of their games in domes on that kind of surface. So it was as bad of a situation as you could possibly imagine for them offensively yeah, very impressive and also very impressive they've been scoring all these runs without uh vladimir guerrero and tory hunter being on the dl but i, I the al west uh you, you talk about texas why try to figure them out if they're going to win or lose the game just bet them under especially at home these guys are golden under <laughs> You know, their their defense has improved so much. Their starting pitching is very underrated. Their hitting is tailed way off. Josh Hamilton is just in a total funk. And the wind patterns have changed there at Arlington this year, if you've been monitoring that. It's not such a hitter. It's not such an awesome hitter's park anymore. These guys have been gold playing unders. And, and Vegas has not adjusted properly to this team because, because there's such it, a perception. Yeah, it's Texas, man. Could you imagine seeing a, a, a total of eight? You know, you're used to seeing um open at ten and a half and go to eleven and a half by the time the game starts. Is what you're used to. Okay, guys. Well, this is the part of the show where 
I enjoy music. Marco, I didn't get to do my rant this week. It, you know, it'll be real short. It's, okay, you know what? He's, he's, he's been he's, away he's for been a while. It's for, been yeah. building. It's been he's away. Got, yeah, go ahead, Steve. We'll, go we'll ahead, Steve. Yeah, I'll take wait. I'll wait. Brother, I'll wait to give away. Your take your time. This, Come this on. Will be take real, your time. This will be real quick. No rush. Uh, watching this guy, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> you know, supposed to be one of the greatest players of all time. No, the guy is not great anymore. The steroid thing has, has robbed him of, of some of all these uh, inflated stats that he's had. He's merely good. He's not great. And uh, wow. you know, when, when I'm on the Yankees, you know, watching this guy, I expect certain things. What do I see? I see a guy with limited range. I see a guy not doing smart things. I see a guy swinging out of pitches out of the zone. Don't I don't want to hear Alex Rodriguez is great Maybe anymore. Maybe considered the best player in baseball today, and and you're saying he's I'm saying he's above good. average at best. Good, not great. Wow. Thank you, thank you for your okay. Time. Wow. How, how how was your trip? We didn't ask you. You know, um, it was very long. I I, I, <laughs> I went to Europe and I was on a 13 hour flight. Been there, done where that. They, they actually showed the duration of your flight where you're sitting there. And after six hours, that's the good news. The bad news is you have another seven hours to go. And people say, well, we'll sleep on the plane. Fine. You try to sleep on these planes where you're in a, a row of two seats. Of course, there's someone next to you. Every seat is taken. You've got a screaming baby two rows behind you. You've, you're in an aisle seat so you can rush to the bathroom, you know. But the, the, the flip side is you're getting banged by the cart. You're getting banged by other people going to the bathroom. I've got the obligatory uh, <laughs> jerk that's got to come over and stand in front of me the whole time, trying to hit on the girl in the row in front of me. Uh, was she hot? Was she hot? At least she was in front of me, Marco. I couldn't see. Uh, <laughs> all I know was her voice started to grate on me, you know, <laughs> along with the guys. So that was my flight. Thanks for asking. No, no problem. Other than that, the trip we went well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great to see you know the, the family and um, had a good time. But I'm uh, back and, and gearing up for football. All right, and uh, for those anybody in town uh, tomorrow night, uh, we will all be the entire podcast crew, and we're we're, we're bringing VR or VR and RJ. We'll be at the M. We're gonna we're gonna play some poker and then. Uh, just pulverize a, a buffet as we normally do. <laughs> the VR, our, both VR and RJ should have something where if anyone knocks them out, they get a jackpot, you know, a there, bounty. Is that there we bounty, go. Put, we'll know, put, a, we'll a, put a bounty out and, you yeah. know, we could do a little last longer bet, you know, and make things a little more interesting. First guy out buys the buffets or something, you know. <laughs> but we'll be playing so tight. We don't want to alter VR style, you know. <laughs> Aggression. Yeah. Ram and jam. That's Aggression. VR. Okay, guys. Get ready well, to gamble, fellas. All right. Bring it on. And, of course, that's VR's favorite cocktail waitresses in Las Vegas. Uh, Steven, you agree with that? Uh, sure. They're oh, yeah. okay? Uh, he's yeah. got very good taste. Yeah. Uh, I haven't noticed. I don't look at those things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Marco, uh, yeah. Your, your turn to fold or bet, you know? His no head's problem. completely turned. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the, the baseball game, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, funny. I didn't see any baseball games on the TV. Baseball. All right, guys. Let's give away some of RJ's money. We do it each and every week. $10 coupon. You guys can use it for anything you want at pregamepros.com. And speaking of pregame pros, before I give the coupon, I got to give a shout-out again. Our man Spartan has hit 15 
of 17 triple-star plays. Wow. 15 of 17. <laughs> the guy, he, you know, the guy is just, he's killing it. And we mentioned him last week. I got to mention again because he's still winning. You know, you win. I'm going to talk about you. Hey, what's not to talk about? That's it. In, uh, 15 and two. Keep riding it, and I look forward to you know we get to football when he starts doing the the Big Twelve. Big Twelve, brother. Nobody knows Missouri, uh, you know, like Oklahoma he does. He, you know, he showed me last year yeah, <laughs> with yeah. his stuff in from Missouri. Yeah. We're going to go with the coupon this week. It's the Hall of Fame football game this week, so we're going to go with the le- the abbreviations for the Hall of Fame. H O F and the number ten. That's H O F the number ten. You're going to get $10 off anything you purchase at pregamepros.com. That coupon will be good through Monday, guys. Just go to the shopping cart, enter that coupon code when you're in the shopping cart. It'll take $10 off. Guys, this is part of the show where we give you a free pick. We're going to go to our man, VR. He's been chomping at the bit. He's got something for us. Give us a little something-something, VR. I'm excited for this weekend because, uh, honestly, I, I've always done great in boxing, and I started out so well in the UFC. In the last couple UFCs, I haven't done well, but I'm re- this card I, I like. I, I really like it. Uh, still going to wait a little bit because, you know me, I like to get that information after the weigh-in. But uh, I got some football futures. Uh, me and Big Nasty actually discussed them on his uh, radio program. And I, I think there's some real gems in, in this season over-under wins. Uh, one of the teams that I'm really looking at to go over is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, again, I think this is a team that just was not healthy last year. I think the addition of Hushmanzada is going to be huge for Hasselbeck. I like what they did on defense now. I also love their home edge. This is the key. This is what I looked at in their schedule. This team is a team that you are able to depend on to win six of eight games at home, seven and one at home. Very tough place to play Seattle. So if they're able to just win six of them games at home, all I need them to do is go three and five on the road and I'm cashing a ticket. Looking at the schedule, I believe that's very doable. I have this team pegged to go at least 10, not at least, excuse me, to go 10 and 6. That's my projection for this team. I think a bad season will be 9 and 7, and a great season will be 11 and 5. Either way, that gets you above the 7.5, 8 that the total's at. It opened 7.5 with the over at minus 130. It got bet by the wise guys. It went up to 8, I believe. I'm, I'm willing to bet over 8 because, again, I said, I did this projections two or three times. As long as they could stay healthy this year, this is a 10-win team. So I think over eight is a good bet. That's the play I'm giving out this week. Sounds good, my man. Let's go to our guy straight back from his vacation. Did you bring us a souvenir winner? Uh, I was going to bring a, a, a candy of Lennon. It's like a statue of Lennon. It's all chocolate. You can eat it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but i got to save that. For, <laughs> for, uh, uh, well, just commenting on VR's play, uh, that certainly ma- makes sense. You figure Seattle in that division, you know, they should be able to get eight wins there uh, minimum. Uh, key, of course, is Hasselbeck. You know, will he be healthy coming off last year? But uh, that certainly makes sense to me. As far as uh, something I can throw out, uh, places are starting to come out with, with NFL uh, player props, which I always uh, like to study hard, being uh, very, fantasy much, yeah, very much involved in fantasy football. So one, one I'll throw out is um, 
a lot of places uh, that do this will have who will be the, the rushing leader, who will have the most rushing yards. Now, obviously, you figure Adrian Peterson to do that, so, but I don't want to lay two to one or whatever ripoff odds you know, they're going to give you. So you've got to look for a middle shot. And I think a good guy to, to take to, to back on something like this is Maurice Jones-Drew. He now is going to be the main man for the, the Jaguars. He's always had the talent, but he's had to split carries with Fred Taylor. Uh, Taylor has now since uh, gone to New England. It's all MJD. It's going to be all MJD there with Jacksonville. He is going to be the focal part of that offense. It's a run-oriented offense. He's a very durable back, even though he's small. Some of these bigger backs, like Peterson and Brandon Jacobs, these guys get nicked up and hurt. Uh, LT got hurt last year. And uh, for Drew, uh, Jones, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, you can find odds uh, anywhere, I, I would think, from 12 to 1 to 20 to 1. I saw 12 to 1. That was at station casinos, who are notorious for, for low, low odds. Futures, yeah. Low futures, so I'm sure you could do better than that. And uh, I think given the, the situation, his talent, he could be worth a, a shot if you wanted to invest something long-term on that type of prop. Great, uh, great stuff, Stephen, as always. I'm going to go with what I've been doing the last several weeks. I look at team previews and take over and under plays. And um, I'm just going to give you the play. I'll, I'll just do a couple quick points. If you want to read my analysis on this pick, go to the pregame blogs. I wrote an entire blog about this team, and it's the Baltimore Ravens. How often, guys, can you tell me, and, Stephen, you, you've been around a long time, and VR, you have too, when have you seen a team have an 11-win season in the next year, Vegas set the win total at eight and a half. Right away, that puts up a red flag for me, and I dig deeper. And in digging deeper, I love the under on this team. Uh, I think the, the public's going to be running to take the over on this team. They were an 11-win team last year. They were one game away from the Super Bowl, and yet... Vegas is saying that this team's, you know, a coin flip to be, you know, a winning team this year. Flacco, I look to have a regression this year. It's a sophomore jinx. You had a rookie head coach last year. That gave the Baltimore Ravens a huge advantage in game planning the beginning of the season last year because coaches did not know what to expect on a first-time head coach. There's no tendencies when you're looking at film. You don't know what his tendencies are and what he's going to do. I like it being that Baltimore was the second-place finisher last year. The second-place team draws the second-place teams in the other divisions in the AFC. That is a huge disadvantage this year because the second-place teams last year, they draw the New England Patriots that are going to be a much better team this year than last year, you would think, with Brady back, obviously. And then they draw the Indianapolis Colts, who finished behind Tennessee last year. Huge stuff. I like it under. You can read the entire blog. Take Baltimore under. That's my free pick this week. Guys got any comments? Well, uh, they lost uh, Rex Ryan, who I really think, besides being a defensive genius, was really an emotional leader for that team. So that has really got to hurt them. You mentioned their schedule. Uh, You think of New England and Indianapolis. You don't think of those as second-place teams, you know? Absolutely not. And uh, regarding Joe Flacco, their, their quarterback... He really exceeded expectations last year, but let's face it, he's not uh, an elite, really good quarterback. He's more of a game manager who played not to lose and was carried by a great defense. Uh, That defense, I don't know how great it's going to be. They've lost some of their components. Uh, Bart Scott isn't there anymore, 
and um, you, you got to maybe question uh, you know the, the the cornerbacks and and losing Rex Ryan that you know that's huge. He might have been the the best defensive coordinator out there. You know, Ray Lewis is getting older. You know the, the, that Baltimore team. They were. I think the defense was better. It seemed to be better than it was last year because the offense stayed on the field longer than yeah, than in past years. And the Browns and the Bengals were both so bad last year. That's four wins right there. That's not a gimme anymore this year. Also, don't forget, last year they're over under season total projection before the season started, I believe, was like five and a half. So they really yeah. overachieved. Yeah, lower um, if anything, I think they should regress a little bit, and that gives you even more added value. So that's my play. Guys, great podcast as usual. Uh, continued success VR for the second half of the baseball season. You know, you're still up there at the Sports Monitor. Uh, continued success with you. Steven, you had a great run before you went on vacation. How's things been going since you've been back? Um, okay, okay to decent. Uh, nothing great. Um, had some bad luck last night. Um, have a totals play. I'm pretty strong going today and um, getting back in the rhythm. Sounds good. Um, that's it for this week's uh, podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll be next week's podcast will be the first of full football schedule. We'll have preseason football. Everybody starts next Thursday. We got the Hall of Fame game this Sunday, and then everybody gets it going Thursday next week. I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, but football is what I live for. And uh, you know, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be at the sports books, uh, you know, every weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, if I get, no, no more middle relief sweating and all that. that stuff, that's you know, it. We get in there and, you know, now, Stephen, we can go, uh, we can hang out, uh, you know, get some nachos and watch some games this year. Uh, no problem. Uh, that's the sports betting preview show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo, along with my partners in crime. Vegas runner and Steven Nover will be back next week. And guys, coming in the next couple weeks, stay tuned. Big changes on the site. We're going to have some great stuff for you. We're going to blow you guys away when you see the new, the new site changes once we get it launched. And we're going to be doing some preview shows. We've got some guys coming to town in the next few weeks. We're going to have some guest appearances. I believe Evan Ultimus is going to be coming and uh, Rocky Atkinson is going to be in town. So hopefully we'll get them in for some uh, interviews and podcasts along with us. I'll talk to you guys next week. This has been the Sports Betting Preview Show. 